The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, all right we're back all right we are back on another wisco fanatics wednesday um like i said we're gonna start jake and i are both bad news first um type people um and we're gonna start with the the harder discussion that we have to have um i shouldn't say that we have to have it because we don't have to have it but the way that jake and i have you know taken our approach to this show now is that we want to promote positivity so jake and i after the the shooting that happened in texas jake and i asked ourselves what can we do there's a lot of people asking like steve kerr if you've seen his you know his um his uh, press conference yesterday he's asking what are we doing there's legislators asking what are we doing because it seems like there's a lot of nothing being done. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that Jake and I are not going to get this to be political at all. We we will never do that on our show. We will never do anything you know politically motivated on our show. That's not what we're here for. What we are here for, though, is to spread positivity in in the best ways that we can. So it's it's hard to answer the question how as two guys that talk about Wisconsin sports every week, can we positively influence a situation where a school shooting happened in Texas? <sighs> I mean, it's a, it's a sad situation that we're in, Yeah. but you know, it's, it's really easy to, to say, Oh, we're in Wisconsin. That didn't happen here. It doesn't affect me as much as it does somebody in Texas. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my thought is, as a sports fan is, you know, the Bucks just left the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. You may be like me and you may be in some NBA groups. Mm-hmm. The Mavericks are still playing. So you can be having a discussion with a Dallas Mavericks fan who might know somebody who was affected by that. So we're all closer to these things and we're more interconnected than we think we are with these things. So while it might not affect you directly, you might know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody who was very directly affected. And so, like I said, Jake and I asked the question, what can we as two guys that talk about Wisconsin sports every week do? And, you know, the main thing that came to my mind was that we can continue to tell people that our show, as long as you are respectable with the way that you are with others, you are welcome here. We, 
we want to prioritize inclusion. That's why, you know, it's, it's a different situation. It's a different perspective, but we, we say that there are no such thing as dumb questions. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask. So you can ask us super simple questions or you can ask us really complex questions. Like later on today, we're going to talk about some, some different types of baseball stats that people might not be familiar because they're not super, super mainstream. Baseball is a really hard sport to break tradition tradition with, but you know, we, we want to continue to let people know that our show is inclusive. That's why we do the shows live. So you can be a part of this with us. We want to build a community with this. We want to have people that enjoy interacting with us during the show. So that's, you know, that's just what Jake and I are doing on the screen. In social media, just you can be fucking nicer to people. Yeah, just because you're behind a screen doesn't mean you have to talk shit. And, you know, I'm a person that likes talking trash, but... You know, I've taken a taken a step back recently with everything that's been going on, and I'm not trying to cut off Tyler's time here, but you know, that that last comment that you just said really really hit home. You could be nice to people. We 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 can come together as a nation. I don't have to like the same sports teams, but just because somebody likes the Bears fan is a Bears fan, I'm not going to be an asshole to him just because he's a Bears fan. That just doesn't make sense to me. You can continue, it, Tyler. It costs you literally nothing to be nice to somebody Mm -hmm. and you know people might like different things than you it's possible that you know people might have different views than you you don't have to agree to get along that's part of where like sports can teach you a lesson there is that you know we have we have rivals we have opponents we have people that we want to beat you know we want to sometimes we have opponents that we want to want to wipe the floor with them that we want to blow them out we want to beat them 100 to 0. But we can still wish well for those people outside of the competition. 100%. So that's why like like I'll use James as an example. James is a Saints, Red Sox, Predators, Celtics fan. He watches our show regularly. Mhm. He's not a fan of any of the same teams as us. I mean, I have the Predators in common with them, but that's because of Milwaukee. So, like I said, I mean, it costs you nothing to just be nice to people. To to be, like I said, Jake and I, we want to we want to hammer home this this notion of inclusion. That you you are welcome to come and hang out with the comments as long as you're not being a dick to other people. But that's also what we're saying on top of this. So, you know, that's that's what Jake and I want to do. We want to we want to take people's opinions of their sports teams frame them in a more optimistic way so that people have optimism in their lives. Cause obviously some people don't. And then they do really sad shit that ends up hurting more people than you could probably actually fathom. Yes, Matt, that is exactly it. You can't wipe out hate with hate. That's why this, like an example yesterday was the, um, the Packer urinal thing where above the Packer urinal, which I'm totally fine with a guy had a picture of Aaron Rodgers laying on the ground after he had his collarbone broken by Anthony Barr. No problem with the Packer urinal. That's a rivalry thing. Have your fun with that. But on the top that's of that, kind of funny, let's be honest. That's kind of I mean, I like, it doesn't bother me. Like that's yeah. a rivalry thing that that's harmless. Uh-huh. But when you're up there, you're promoting that injury. 
that's where it starts to be, you know, I draw the line there. But that being said, it does not help anything in the world for you to say you're promoting an injury. I hope you break your knee. I hope you break your ankle. I hope you, you know, I, you know, I, I hope you get in a car crash on your way home because you're promoting this guy being injured. So, you know, it, it, what it comes down to is just being better people. We can, like I said, it, it costs you literally nothing to be nice to people, even if you don't agree with them or even if you think they're a dick. I, I went back and forth with somebody yesterday who thinks that Rodgers is a D-bag on and off the field. So he felt he deserved to have his collarbone broken. I think Manny Machado's a D-bag for stepping on one of the Brewers' ankles in the, what, 2018 um, NLDS. Doesn't mean I wish Manny Machado would break his collarbone or have one of his children killed at a school shooting. There's there's nothing that that deserves that type of action. So... You know what it what it comes down to, like I said, is Jake and I aren't going to be we're not going to have a political political discussion on the Second Amendment or whatever. Like, not, this is not the place for that. What Jake and I want to do is we want to positively affect people, yeah, because it's people that are doing these things and it's people that are affected. So Jake and I are asking the question: What can we do for people? So hopefully. When you come watch the show, like, yeah, you get some cool information about your favorite Wisconsin sports teams. You can, you know, maybe maybe Jake and I will make you laugh once in a while because Jake and I like to goof around because Jake and I have been friends for a long time. Okay. Hopefully you get some, you know, some good information from what we're talking about. True. That's, that's the type of things that we are doing. That's the type of things we want to continue doing. And we want to frame it in a positive way because we want that optimism for people. Because you, if you can take optimism from what you're seeing from us for two hours every Wednesday and occasionally on Fridays, if you can take some optimism from that and apply it to your life, that's that's our mission. That's that's something that Jake and I would get, you know, real positive like lifetime vibes from is to be able to say that you know we had people that followed our show for how long? We've been doing this for about a year and a half. And if we can have people walk away from our show and, you know, turn it off and say, hey, the YouTube show that I just watched about Wisconsin sports, you know, it was kind of funny. It made me laugh. And, you know, I have a more positive outlook on what the rest of the Brewers season looks like. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's it's a it's a weird thing to kind of take from trying to be a Wisconsin sports show and then also putting positivity into people's lives, but that's, that's what we're trying to do. I agree. All right. Are you ready? Are you done? Are you good? Are you, you done? Are you, are you good? Do you, do you want to say anything else? I don't know. I, do. I don't know the direction that I'm trying to go here and I'm not going to make this long winded. I'm just going to make it short. I do believe that there is a lot of problems in this country. Uh, like I said, we're not going to make this political, but I do personally think that mental health is uh, a topic that maybe we can discuss on a a bonus episode, you know, where we can discuss how, how because everybody has a form of anxiety or depression, right? Everybody mm-hmm. deals with stuff, right? Everybody has stuff going on and it's where it works out perfect. That's just how life works, right? 
So for me, I've always used sports and my experiences in sports to teach me life lessons, along with, you know, the great crew of people that I have with me, Tyler included. Tyler's been there for, God, my girlfriend was just down here before the show, and Tyler was making comments how he's seen me be every phase of life, and that's true, man. Tyler has seen me grow into the person I am today, and it's crazy how mature I am. I think about the stuff that I used to do and act and say, and it's just like cringy, man. It's cringy how I used to be, man, really. But... If I can help, if Tyler can help, if we can help together, help people grow into their full form, and me and Tyler are not fully formed yet. We are, uh, I have a couple people close to me, one person particularly, Tyler, who talks about leveling up in life, and Tyler, the first time I think that you said that to me was probably about a month ago, and when you first said it to me, I was at work, and I was having a really long, bad day, and I remember looking at my phone, I'm sitting there by my giant pallet, and I'm just like, yeah man it's time to level up so when we talk about leveling up it's not just you know on this show we're talking about leveling up as people being more mature and handling things the right way now not everybody's gonna have kids but this generation of kids is growing up seeing all this stuff on the news so we need to help them understand what's happening and we need to help them form them into great adults so that this stuff can end because uh, I'm going to try not to get emotional because this, this stuff really, really hit home for me, man. Because I got a nine-year-old stepson. And all these kids that were getting shot and killed were eight, nine, ten years old. So every time that I'm seeing this and I'm reading stuff on my phone, I'm just thinking about my stepson just cowering in his classroom, man. And it just breaks my heart. And I see how his little friends come over and, like, they're just goofballs, man. Nine-year-olds have no idea about the world. They have no clue what is going on, man. So... I say to all the people that aren't parents, if you're if you're the Funkle, like I was the Funkle for a while, the fun uncle. If you're just a Funkle, you have a great opportunity to teach your niece or nephew a lot of valuable lessons and how to handle things the correct way. So with that being said, because I feel like I'm rambling on now, I just want to say let's all be better people and let's teach this generation how to be men, how to be women, and how to handle things properly. How to be that's people? That's 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 the way that we get through. We are one, any, one any of the issues. I, that I don't want to. Go ahead. Matt, I just I, I, I don't want to see too. the race stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see any of that. I'm so sick of the race stuff. I'm sick of uh, just I'm just sick of it all, man. Like I see people as people. Point blank period simple i can have a conversation with anybody we could talk about anything man we can talk about aliens i don't even really particularly believe in aliens but if i talk to somebody that does they might make me believe and i'm okay with that i'm a very open-minded person i'm an open book i will tell you everything about myself i just want people to be people again that's all i want i don't want to i don't want to have to walk on eggshells with every conversation mm -hmm. i have you know because now every time that you go into a conversation you're like what can I not talk about with this person? And I don't want to do that. That's mm -hmm. why I'm, that's part of the reason why me and you started this. You know, it was because we love sports. But me and you are good people. I really truly believe that. We have good hearts and we get along. With like Tyler said a hundred times, and we will say it a million times more, part of our mission is to, you know, promote positivity, promote happiness. And that's what we're going to continue doing. We got a lot of wonderful people in our comments. Matt, Scott, James. I've seen a couple other people. Big Cheese. I mean, we got some good people here, man. Let's just let's just all just be people, man, at the end of the day. 
and, and that's the thing is like you know when it comes to when it comes to these things the only way we're gonna solve all this shit is together it does not do anybody any good for you to say I'm pointing at you and you're pointing at me it's like playing tug of war but you mm-hmm. both have the same amount of strength nobody's ever gonna win that's you know it's not it doesn't have to be constantly my side needs to win or you need to agree with me. Like we can just talk about stuff. Um, Matt, we would love to, to have Rogers and Lazard on the show to talk about aliens. I love <laughs> that comment. Love it, man. Um, I love that comment. You know, you guys have met my brother Curtis. He actually lives in Iowa. And that's they're they're saying that Lazard is in Iowa right now, just trying to enjoy the off season as much as possible. So I told my brother, I was like, "Hey man, go out there and try to find Alan Lazard for me, because you drive all over the state anyways, and put the word in, man." <laughs> yeah, and that's you know it is sad that we have to tiptoe around people, but like yeah. if we can just come together and say, "Hey, like we are all people. Let's move forward as people." So that's that's what Jake and I are going to do. We're going to continue to try to just promote the positivity that we can through the discussions that we have and you know maybe give people a, a two-hour escape from from stress to just listen to a couple guys talk about Wisconsin sports and throw some comments in that we can respond to. Um great. You know it's it's a it's a big battle to fight, especially trying to fight it through the lens of a Wisconsin sports talk show. But that's what we're trying to do. Hey. Amen. Aim high, baby. That's all. It. All right. Let's get positive in here. Let's get positive. You're gonna get positive. That was a little heavy. We laid we laid that on a little heavy, I think. But uh, I mean, that's that's why we <laughs> that's why we do bad news first. Yeah. Um, and you know, if, if we, you know, have these types of discussions and anybody, anybody can take away something positive from it, you know, that's, that's all we can do. Um, that's all we can do. <laughs> Look at um, Robert's comment. Look Robert. Comment. Oh, Robert. Just wait, Robert. Just oh, wait, Robert. I put that in the good news. Put speak that in the good news. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of. Baby Jokic joining the Badgers, and speaking of having guests on the show, um, don't have a for sure yet, but we are in talks about having Gus Yeldon join the show. So let's get it, baby. Just, just give us a little bit of time on that. We're working on that. All right. So here is the the first of our two exciting news things that we have to share. Um, Jake and I are getting a new sponsor. Uh, we're very, very excited. It's more of a partnership yes, because we are doing things for them as well as them doing things for us. But we are partnering with Wisco Ball. It's a uh, Wisconsin sports apparel company. Um, they have some really cool stuff. So you'll have to, you know, when we get some links to post, uh, we will post them. We're excited because we are going to be able to have Wisco Fanatics apparel available for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked out. It worked out really well. Like like Tyler, the Tyler is the owner of Wisco Ball. He's the one that reached out to us. Uh, it worked out like perfect timing. Like Jake and I have been trying for like months to find a good place to to have T-shirts made that weren't going to cost us an arm and a leg because we didn't want to charge people thirty five dollars for a T-shirt. 
And then Wisco Ball came around and said, hey, you know, I'm an apparel company. I'm looking for a Wisconsin sports podcast to sponsor. So we are we are very excited to be partnering with Wisco Ball. Tyler's a really cool guy. Um, they have some cool stuff over there. Like their yeah. their big seller is um, um, it's a shirt that says Yelly on it that looks like the Yeti logo. Um, so that's they have that. They have a, a Brett Favre shirt that says Gunslinger on it that looks really cool. Um, I think one they had just come out. It says Green Bay on it, but it looks like the Green Day logo. So it's really cool. Um, yeah, it would be nice to not be left with one arm and one leg, especially for me because I do a lot of typing, which kind of ties into our next set of good news. But um, yeah. so we're very excited to be partnering with them. Uh, we're very excited to have a place where where people can actually support the show if they want to go as far as buying a T-shirt. Um, T-shirts are only gonna be twenty five bucks, and hoodies are only forty two bucks. That's very affordable, I would say, in my mind. Um, so we're, we are it's very, close to what you pay in the store, really. right? Yeah. And Jake and I are very, very excited to be partnering with him. Um, mm-hmm. so we're very excited. Um, he's it's kind of a little bit of a, a tease, but, um, we got, we get some sneak peeks on the new stuff that's coming. Um, one of the new things that's coming is a shirt that says Rogers three sixteen, And on the back, it says, I own you. Mm-hmm. That's pretty so, sick, man. <laughs> that's, that's got, that's got Packers bears. Sunday written all over it. Oh, it, it sure does, <laughs> buddy. It sure does, buddy. That'll be the perfect shirt to wear when the Packers play the Bears. Um, next bit of good news is this kind of ties in is Jake and I and two of our friends, Simon and Bryant, um, you would recognize them if you watched when we streamed the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, Simon and Bryant were the two that were on the show with us then. Um, the four of us together are starting a blog called Wisco Confidential. So basically what it is, is we're going to be, Simon and Bryant are, are Packers fans. They're not all Wisconsin sports fans, but Jake and I are going to yep. add some other content in there. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of goes beyond the show. Um, and part of it is that we want to be able to continue to go deeper into some of these things. And we want to give people content they're not getting in other places is, is one of our main goals. Um, cause you know, if you're just going to keep reading the same stuff over and over and over again, there's nothing that sets us apart from what everybody else is doing. So we want to do stuff that is different from what mm-hmm. other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple things out already. We have three posts already made. One was written by Bryant looking at third year wide receivers. One was written by Simon looking at Amari Rogers. And then we had an, um, a round table, which was all four of us putting our collective heads together and each answering the question. What should the Packers do with the cap space freed from the Jair Alexander extension? So we're very excited to continue putting more uh, more content into that just to just to continue. Like Jake said, we you know we keep talking about leveling up, so we we want to continue adding more to what we're doing to continue giving more value to people that want more Wisconsin sports stuff. Um, so that's, you know, that's what Jake and I are doing. Um, that's going to be part of the Wisco Ball um, partnership that we have. The blog will be on their website. And, um, yeah, we're, we're very excited about this, about, about the new partnership and about the new blog that we're, we're getting going. So Jake and I are doing some more stuff, so we're very excited about that. 
Yeah, so a couple comments. I uh, just want to say thank you to, to Tyler Thomas uh, is his name. On behalf of Tyler and I, I know Tyler and I have both thanked him a million times already, but thank you again. Uh, the partnership's going to be awesome, man. Um, really excited to help him out. He helps us out. Be much easier for Scott. It looks like he's a big fan of our show to go get a T-shirt if he wants. Rock that Wisco Fanatics logo. That's very original and very dope. Uh, James, if you wanted to, you could you could rock it. James is a James. A cool, you, James. Um, about the Wisco Confidential, I'm really excited to for all of us, not just myself personally, but all of us to kind of put our thoughts into words and have that be a different perspective. You know, you see us on screen, but I could type something. I sit there for three hours and I could type something faster than I could think of something on the screen. So it'll be really, really cool to, uh, yeah, James needs some whistle James stuff. I agree. Stuff. <laughs> I mean, he talks about Nashville sounds all the time. So he just be a Brewers fan, man. I mean, you already gave us Renfro. He's killing it for us. Uh, the Red Sox kind of stink this year, but you know, it, 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 neither here or there. Um, just want to say, Hey, thank you on behalf of everybody who sticks with it. And really awesome. Bryant and Simon, really, really excited for them to come over. Those guys know their stuff, man. Bryant, you know, if you watched our show on Friday, our bonus episode, Bryant was pushing me, man. He he's I got the answers some questions. You you beat him by one point. You beat him by one point. Yeah, dude. Bryant really impressed me, man. He was answering some questions, and I was kind of like, oh shit, I'm sweating, man. (laughs) I want to win this thing, man. But yeah, Bryant Simon, they're two smart dudes. They know their stuff. They're funny. They got good personality. So yeah, really excited for them to come over, honestly. Yeah, James, uh, Mark Mathias was called up yesterday when they put Hunter Renfro on the injured list. So um, <laughs> we will be talking about that a little bit when we get into here. So, um, yeah, we those, that's the that's the good news is that Jake and I are, are partnering with Wisco Ball um, to get some apparel made, which is exciting. Um, I mean, hey, James, you could at least wear a Wisco Fanatics shirt. I mean, you know, you could do that. Um, uh, D- David did well. David, you you might get me next time. We'll do it again, man. We'll do. It. <laughs> James said, "What you do?" David's gonna talk. David, I think, is just gonna talk James into buying some Wisco Fanatic stuff, strictly out of, you know, badgering. <laughs> Matt, we're we're gonna talk about Ethan Small. Um, I have an I have a day that I am keeping an eye on, but we will get there. We got to do this in chronological order. So, starting from last Thursday, we're going to talk about Brewers-Nationals. So, let's start with the first game of the Brewers and Nationals series. All right. Um, Brewers-Nationals. And the first thing I want to say is Eric Lauer just mowing through people. Seven innings. Only through a total of 83 pitches, man. 83 (laughs) pitch count. Seven (laughs) innings. Gave up five hits. No earn. No walks. Five Ks. The man is dealing, straight up dealing right now. Um, Eric Do you want Lauer, to know how much he's dealing? How much? Let me know. Tell me. Tell me. Since June 27th, he has the best ERA in baseball. That is insane. You would have never thought that. 219 ERA. Best ERA in baseball. You would have never thought. Yeah, you better some Brewers. A real baseball team. A real baseball team. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Lauer's a beast. He is, man. He's... You know, and Tyler talked a couple weeks ago with some really good stuff, man. Talked about how he's improving his his velocity on all his pitches, <clears throat> and his control is great. I mean, he's just uh, plain and simply he's been great. Um, Williams pitched very well, one inning, one hit, two Ks. Um, and the man that's you know holding the Padres is zero right now, Aaron Ashby. He's been 
you know, Tyler and I were talking about it. He's been super consistent since that one bad outing, his last bad outing. We talked about it on here. He just needs to figure maybe his legs, maybe a way that he's holding the ball a certain way, maybe the where his release point. <clears throat> I don't know what it was, but he figured it out, man. Um, it seemed like what I read was that he was working with the catchers a little more, just just trying to work on his hitting his spots was really it. Like his control was the issue. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and that's that's what he's struggled with at times. That's what's got him into a little bit of trouble with some walks. But um, you know, we'll talk we'll continue talking about Ashby. Obviously, after today we'll have more content about Aaron Ashby to discuss. So far, he's doing well against the Padres. He got into a couple jams earlier. Um Jake and I were watching the game before the show mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> So it, it seems like so far so good for Ashby. So, um, you know, we need him. Bottom line, we need him. Well, especially right now, man. Um, Tyrone Taylor, man. This was I, – I, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to call it the Tyrone Taylor week because it was. Uh, he was he was a lot of the Brewers' offense this week, a big, giant majority of it. Yes, yeah, for, Matt. We are going to uh, – I'm going to get to that. Trevor got is the fun. Okay. I'm looking forward to that now. Looking forward to that. Uh, does he have a catcher or not? I don't. I don't think he does. I don't think he's. I don't really think any of the Brewers pitchers are no. locked in. Like, there's not There's not a Adam Wainwright, Yadier, Molina connection on this team. Yeah, I don't um, think so either. It's really just because keep in mind, as far as the catcher position goes, the Brewers' main backup catcher going into the season was Pedro Severino, who's a little over halfway through an 80 game suspension. Mm-hmm. So Victor Caratini, up until a week before the the season, wasn't even a plan in the Brewers organization. I think he's been a pretty damn good surprise, in my opinion. He's he's been all right. You know, it's I'd like to see a little bit more, but yeah, um, I'm not gonna nitpick. But I mean, yeah. for for you know the situation that he kind of got put in, he kind of got thrown into. Right, he's been pretty consistent. And he's a switch opinion. hitter, which is valuable. So that's always that's fun. that's true. Um, that's true. Scott's in here having a, a fight with his own typo self, reminding me of Simon. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, that's that's a thing. You know, some pitchers are more comfortable with certain catchers. Tyler, like I said, um, like Wainwright and, and Yadier Molina is one that comes to mind just because the guys, you know, the chemistry thing, that's where chemistry can come, you know, um, come into effect in baseball. Obviously on the basketball court, it's knowing where guys are going to be and, and, you know, when you want somebody to cut, like on – on the baseball field, chemistry can show itself in between the pitcher-catcher relationship. So that's that's absolutely a thing. Um, I've heard Burns likes to work with Caratini. That's you know that's that's only good for the Brewers to have that depth. Obviously, right now the depth is being tested. Um, yes, yes it, it is. In the first game of this national series, fortunately they got out with any any injuries. Um, like Jake said, Eric Lauer was working it. He only needed seven pitches to get through the third inning. Had a couple innings or a couple uh, base runners in the first inning. Got out of it with a big strikeout. Um, same thing in the fourth inning. Same result. Um, and you know, as far as having a a catcher that kind of latches onto a young pitcher, I think a young pitcher they got to just honestly. And I would say the same thing as as Jordan Love should be doing is just seriously take in as much as you humanly possibly can. Mm-hmm. Take in all of the experience, knowledge, you know, uh, advice that you can derive from 
from veterans, from coaches, from pitching coaches, from catchers, and take in as much as you hum- like as you humanly can and try to absorb as much of that as you can. So I guess what I'm saying is for, for young players to just be sponges. Just be sponges for everything that you can take in so that you can continue to apply it to your future. Um, looking at, at back to the first game of the Brewers National Series, um, bottom of the sixth inning, Rowdy Tellez hits an absolute moonshot. And I wanted to talk about this because what he did was he hit a pitch that was pitched inside on a left-handed hitter, and he turned on it, pulled his hands in, which is something you might hear on – on broadcast all the time is guys pulling their hands in. And that's basically like, you know, when a guy holds the bat here is holding the bat, like almost up against your chest where you don't have as much elbow movement. And then you're basically hitting the ball out with your biceps. And that's what Rowdy Telez did. And he hit a moonshot in that situation. Um, Luis Arias kind of just unlucky, um, basically in the perfect spot to, to have a triple play turned on him. It's, it is what it is. You hit it like exactly where you needed to, and all the base runners were lined up perfectly. It happens a couple times a year. Just happened yeah. to Urias. It is what it is. Um, and then, you know, we got to do <laughs> Tyrone Taylor. So, like Jake said, this is the week of Tyrone Taylor. Uh, misses a catch. I think Lauer said he was actually surprised that Taylor got as close as he did. Um, misses the catch. Wasn't a ball that I thought he should have caught, so I shouldn't say misses the catch. The ball gets over his head. It's a good mm-hmm. hit ball. A well-hit ball. Good hit ball. That sounded terrible. A well-hit ball. <laughs> Bounces off the wall. Taylor goes, picks it up, whips it into Colton Wong. Wong throws it to the plate, and they get Lane Thomas out at home. So, dude. That was crazy throw by Wong, dude. Seriously. That was a perfect throw by Wong. One hop right into the glove. Got the tag on him. Um, Finding a first baseman that can hit, it's, you know, it's nice to find first baseman that can hit. It'd be nice to find a first baseman that can hit and stick around and continue hitting. (laughs) Because, like, you know, we get. That would, that's. When we did the Brewers primer, you know, we mentioned this. I mentioned this. The Brewers have had a different starting first baseman every single season since Prince Fielder. So they went through Jesus Aguilar and Eric Thames, who both had some really limited success. Jesus Aguilar is still playing. He's with the the Marlins. Um, Now they're on to Rowdy Telez. Last year they started Keston Hira at first base. Um, So – it's it's nice that we can find first baseman that can hit, and it was kind of like a league – you know, a league known thing that Rowdy Telez was was a good player. He was just stuck behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, Tyler, I hope it doesn't happen again next year. I'm hoping Rowdy's here for at least a few years. Yeah, I like um, Rowdy, man. That's my boy now. <laughs> if, if he re ups, I got to get his jersey, dude. That's my boy now. And listen, you can think about it. Tyler lashed on to Willie early. Yeah. And, and I'm latching on the Rowdy. You can basically think about it, that the Brewers acquired Willie Adamas and Rowdy Telez for J.P. Fireisen and Drew Rasmussen. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> I mean, our GM must be do, just be trading with the Vikings every trade he does because we David are David Stearns people. is a wizard. 
Tim, do you mean you want a Telez jersey or you won't buy? Okay, he won't buy a Telez jersey. I don't I know like how Will- you could how you could not like Willie or Rowdy. They're both they're both fun guys. I like Willie too, but you know, out of respect for Tyler, that's his boy. I let him have him. He called him first. Dibs. I got Rowdy. Rowdy's my boy. Beast players that were backups. That is that is basically the mantra of Willie Adamas and Rowdy Telez. They were both yeah. beasts that were backups. Willie was behind Wander Franco, and and Rowdy Telez was behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So we, we, we might we might have another one that's a backup. That's a beast. And that's Tyrone Taylor, dude. He, he's a backup, and he. he I want to pump the brakes on Tyrone he, Taylor just a smidge, stuff, just because he's been really good over this last week. But for like the first big chunk of the season, he started off a little, a little slow start. But the last week, he's been awesome. We will get yeah. there. I promise. Spoiler alert: We're going to be talking about Tyrone Taylor again in another mm-hmm. segment. Um, Yelich in the bottom of the A starts a rally. Rowdy gets a double. Renfro hits an opposite field. Um, first base hit, and then Tyrone Taylor hits a bomb. Ashby gets a seventh, um, a seven pitch ninth <laughs> inning to finish the shutout. Um, like Jake said, the the seven innings from Lauer only eighty three, <laughs> only eighty three pitches. Gotta stay hydrated, baby. <laughs> he need to be at least he doesn't stay have hydrated. a gallon size one that's got the big handle on it. I have bought that before <laughs> when I've had to work a twelve hour day. Um. Christian Yelich was two for four. Rowdy Telez was two for four with two RBI. Hunter Renfro was three for three with a walk and two RBI. And then Tyrone Taylor had three RBI. Um, And Matt, I agree. The the JBJ for Hunter Renfro trade alone characterizes the wizardry of Stearns. I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. was decent in in Boston. Like, I was excited when we brought him in because he hit 283 the year before he came to Milwaukee. But last year, I mean, he played because we had injuries and because he mm-hmm. played really good defense. That was it. The fact that we got a guy who hit 31 home runs last year in exchange for him straight up, I personally don't know why Boston made that deal, but I'm glad they did. Bro, he's he's got to have some dirt on every other GM or something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but whatever, man. I'll take it. Yeah, dude, I love freaking Renfro, dude. He's a monster. His defense is crazy. I didn't know he was that good on defense. He's got a man. cannon. Like, dude, I was at the game on Saturday. So, yeah. game two of this of this um, series, I was at the game. It was the 90s night after, which was kind of weird, but um, bigger free agents is always going to be a tough thing to accomplish because there's always going to be limited money, um, especially when there's got a lot of guys to retain. Um, so, that's kind of got to be in the back of the mind. Um Lorenzo Kane is a free agent after this season. That's 18 million off the books. So that's, that'll help. Um, I think Omar Narvaez is a free agent as well. Um, that's not a big, not a big thing, but um, with game two of this series, <clears throat> I know what happened at one point, a guy turned and rounded second base and I'm like, and it was a hit to right field. I'm like, run on him, run on him. I dare you. Cause I wanted to see Renfro throw that cannon over to third base and get somebody out. Um, you know, it's, Mm-hmm. Yeah, the owner's got to want to spend, but baseball, unfortunately, is the it's arguably the hardest sport to win a championship in because you're not playing on a level playing field. Mm-hmm. It's not like the NFL where everybody, um, where everybody gets the same amount of money to spend, or like even like the NBA where you know everybody has the same money to spend, but you can spend a little extra. It's really hard to um, 
it's really hard to do all that and then to still retain guys. Um, yeah, that's and Robert's saying the same thing. No salary cap, no level playing field. And unfortunately, I don't think there ever will be a salary cap in baseball. Um, I think the, the L.A.s and the New Yorks of the world are just going to have too much power to be like, you know, we, we can spend $300 because we have 10 times the population of other places. So, you know, it's I don't think there's ever going to be one. Um, yeah, it's and you can you can win. Like the Kansas City Royals are an example. The Washington Nationals are an example. You can win on a $130 million payroll. You just you got to hit on all cylinders at the same time. Um, the Brewers were kind of close last year. Just uh, there's just no offense, similar to the Packers. Like we knew the Packers' weak point was going to be special teams. Special we teams. knew the Brewers' weak point was going to be um, was the offense. You know, going to um, um, the Bucks. Like the three point defense was going to be the Achilles heel, the turnovers were going to be Achilles heels. Like we knew those things were going to happen. Um, Tyler, I'm not exactly sure what the Cubs payroll was in 2016. I do know the Cubs were one of the very first teams to take in um, super high analytics on defensive positioning. Um, and that was one of the reasons that helped when you know, the Cubs win the, uh, win the world series in 2016 was the defensive positioning. They were the first to kind of pioneer that. Um, we don't talk about the Cubs. I'm strictly That's talking about baseball. Shot. It's one of those. <clears throat> I'm not taking any more shots for like a month. I know. At least. <laughs> I did enough on Friday oh, night. Oh, man. Uh, Brian, Brian was the worst. He kept trying to do Brady Belichick. Brady, I'm like, yeah, he's oh, like, well, it's Brady Belichick. It's like, no, that's one. If you say all three of those together, that's one. I'm not trying to die, okay? I have to right? wake up tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, it's like, I don't, I don't have three shot glasses lined up for every time you say each word. Uh, if anybody's really confused on what we were just talking about, we did a bonus episode on Friday that involved the drinking game. So that's what that comes from. But second game of this series, uh, Andrew McCutcheon hit a home run on the first pitch. Urias hit a single on the second pitch. Christian Yellish got a single. Um, and then Hunter Renfro had a sack fly. The Brewers were up 2 nothing after the bottom of the first inning. Um, Woodruff's really the only mistake that he made in this game was a two-strike pitch to Lane Thomas, who did really well in this series for the Nationals. Um, so credit to him, but, um, Woodruff put down the side three times, um, in order, um, fifth inning, Luis Urias hit a line drive home run, um, Christian Yelich, another single, and then Hunter Renfro, a single, Mike Brasso drew a walk, Keston Hira hit a single, all with two outs, all of those things happen with two outs, so one of the things that I've really been trying to, trying to see, get better for the Brewers is hitting with running runners in scoring position and stringing hits together with two outs, just stringing hits together, hits together, hits together. Yep. That's something that I I've been saying the last couple of weeks and I'm going to keep looking for is stringing hits together. Cause it doesn't matter if you get, you could end a game with nine hits, which is, you know, which is decent for, you know, a nine inning game. But if you get one hit per inning and you end with nine hits, you can easily score zero runs and never make it past second base. Yeah. Um, so you know you got to put these hits on top of each other. Um, yeah. Bottom of the seventh, or top of the seventh, I should say. Boxberger gets the bases loaded, gets out of it without giving up any runs. Trevor Gott. We're going to talk more about Gott because I think we should be talking more about Gott. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's done so far this season. Um, 
Fevergott walked the leadoff player in the eighth, uh, got a double play, and then a line out. Got out of the eighth inning, ninth inning. Hobie Milner gets the first two outs, lets the tying run get into the on-deck circle. They bring in Josh Hader. He gets a one-out save. Um, so in this game, Brandon Woodruff, six innings, one earned run, six strikeouts, zero walks. That is a big deal. That's two games yes. in a row now of yes. zero walks by your starting pitcher. That's a big deal. That's something the Brewers struggled with a little bit early this season was too many walks. Two games in a row, zero walks. Um, Andrew McCutcheon's first game back from COVID, he's three for five, had a double and a home run. Um, Luis Arias had two hits. Christian Yelich had two hits. Kesson Hira had two hits. Um, and the Brewers left 10 people stranded in this game. Yeah. And they still pulled out the win. Um, Saw that. I was early. Josh Hader was still perfect after this game, and this was definitely the best start that the Brewers have had against a left-handed starting pitcher. Um, scored five runs on him in five innings. And that's Patrick Corbin, who just two years ago got like a six-year, $120 million deal with the Nationals. So that's a good left-handed starter that they beat, despite Patrick Corbin having kind of a high ERA this year. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to say about game two of that series. No, I thought, uh, what do you look good? Um, I thought... I thought we were just playing the Nationals. The Nationals kind of stink, really. Um, but still at home, uh, left-handed starter. So coming into this season, I didn't think that we'd be talking about starting-handed pitching since we have so many right-handed batters. Um, but uh, it, it, it is a problem. But, no, the Brewers have been doing a great job stringing hits together. Um, ever since you brought it up, it was probably about a month ago, really. I've really been looking at that and paying attention to detail. Yeah, they really they, are. Yes, they have been the, the Brewers kryptonite. That's well, it's one of the reasons they brought in Andrew McCutcheon is because Andrew McCutcheon has you know, historically been very good against left-handed pitching. I, I'm excited to talk about the game that happened last night in re- reference to left-handed pitching because something really, really big happened last night that kind of set up a big moment in yesterday's game. All right, so moving into the third game of the series, I saw a lot of people complaining that guys like Luis Urias was getting rest. Um that Christian Yelich wasn't playing out in the field when you had Tyrone Taylor, who's not as strong defensively as Lorenzo Cain, and they had Andrew McCutcheon out there playing left field because they are kind of giving some guys some rest. If there is ever a time to give guys rest, it is when you are playing a three-game series that you've already won the first two games of, and you are about to make a West Coast travel trip. Exactly. That is that is a that's about the best time you can try to, you know, quote unquote, rest your starters is when you have to make a long road trip and you've already won. You've already won the series. Like you, you put some backups in and you put some guys in the positions that they don't play as much. Like, you know, for example, Brasso <laughs> playing shortstop and Jace Peterson playing third base. Let those guys get some experience at those positions just in case they need to end up playing them. You know, Willie Adamas hurt. Stick Brasso in at shortstop once in a while, just so he has some experience there. Because Brasso is a you know he's a utility guy, mm-hmm. so you got to let guys get reps at all those positions. So, like I said, if there's a game to do so, the third game of a series that you've already won the first two, and you're about to travel to the West Coast. So, I don't know if there's anything you specifically want to say about this game. Um, nah. The unfortunate takeaway is Freddie Peralta getting hurt. Yeah, um, which sucks. Because it's it's potentially a long term injury, not a super long term. It's like it's not a season ending injury or anything. But um, the earliest estimates that I've seen are potentially an August return. I just gotta pose a question to you. What's going on with uh, 
Scooter, man. He seems like he's getting knocked over. I don't know what's going on with that. Five hits, three earned runs. I mean, every time I'm seeing Brett Suter's stats or watching him pitch, it just doesn't seem to have the same. I gotta, I gotta watch Suter a little more closely. It's, it really sucks because he came in, he came in for Peralta, gave up a single, a single, a double, a single, and a single. Five straight hits. Yeah. Um, it's it really sucks because obviously two of those runs get charged to Peralta, and then mm. the other three got charged to Suter, but. Um, I haven't looked, um, I haven't looked at his mechanics as much, um, which I should do to see, you know, if like, if he's not, you know, if his timing isn't working as well, or if he's not locating his pitches as well. Um, so I will do that. I will see what I can see what I can dig up. Um, yeah, it sucks. Freddie, Freddie Peralta is, it's not a surgery injury. Um, it's one that they can, that can rehab, but yeah, I've, I've heard and read that August, might be when we could expect to see Freddie Peralta out there. Damn, man, um, that's my boy too, Freddie. That's the boy I picked for last season. You picked this. You picked Cy Burns. I picked Freddie. Um, but damn, that <laughs> sucks. And I and I like Freddie. Freddie's a monster, man. He's awesome. I lo- yeah, I love Freddie Peralta as well. Um, <sighs> and you know, Suter he hasn't pitched super often. Um. And it, Matt, that is exactly what I what I was saying when we talked about the first game of that national series. Is we're going to need Aaron Ashby. Uh, the Brewers are going to roll with a five man rotation for now. I want to say something about that when we get into that. But um, the Brewers managed; they did manage seven hits in this game and two walks. Only struck out once, which is encouraging to see the Brewers only strike out one time. Um, yeah. They just you got to put them back to back to back, just like the Nationals that they put seven hits in a row, um, two on Freddie and then five on Suter. But, um, you know, the, the couple bright spots that I want to pull from this game are Luis Perdomo, three innings pitched, three hits, zero runs. It's really good for him to get that, um, to get that ball rolling and some positive momentum for, for Luis Perdomo. And then Hobie Milner. I think Hobie Milner is kind of a guy I would almost, not quite yet, put into that Trevor Gott category of we aren't talking enough about how well he's doing so far this year. Um, Jake kind of touched on it a little bit last week that Hobie Milner's actually been a pretty solid pitcher for the Brewers this year. But um, came in, he pitched an inning, got two strikeouts. Uh, Hobie Milner doing his thing. Mm-hmm. So um, he's he's one guy that's really, really stepping up. Um with Josh Hader being on the family emergency list, um, his wife is dealing with some complications with her pregnancy. So uh, we really, really hope that whatever is going on there is okay. Um, you know, it, you know, hopefully Hader can return to the team, but obviously we hope first that everything is okay with his wife and, and unborn child. But yeah, man, um, seriously. that's that's where we're at with with Josh Hader. That's where we're at with Freddie Peralta, and then we move into Monday's game. Um, with, um, with the Padres, um, that's why I said not yet, Matt. I don't know if I'm if I'm ready to quite put him in the Trevor Gott category yet, but Hobie Milner has been a pleasant surprise. I don't think that you can say that you would have been expecting him to be pitching seventh, eighth, ninth innings in close games regularly before the season. Um, in my eyes, before the season, he was bullpen depth. And now he's now he's he's got to pitch in some pressure situations because of lack of other guys. Um, 
So he's he's not crumbling under the pressure that he's faced so far. Man. So that's that's important. But um, let's get to the beginning of the Padres series. What are you looking at from the first game on the Padres series from Monday? Um, I'm looking, you know, I see Adrian Hauser on the bump, and I'm like, you know, Hauser's had a kind of a rough start to the season. So, you know, you're you're going out west, you're going against a good Padres team. Padres, you know, the NL West is still freaking stacked, man. Yeah, still stacked. Got three really, really good teams, man. So I'm like, Hauser, this is your chance. Go on the road. Let's let's get this thing done. It sucks that we lost this game in ten innings. They still have that stupid ass rule where the runners on base and stuff, but it is what it is. I thought he did well, man. I mean, six innings pitched, three hits, one earned. He did have the two walks before K's, but I mean, this Padres offense can go crazy, really. It's they got a lot of good bats in this offense. Uh, Boxberger was very consistent. Uh, Trevor got everybody's favorite pickup of the year. That guy has just been amazing. He should be everybody's favorite pickup of he, the year. He's- if he's not, he should be. I agree with that. Uh, you know, Devin Williams. Um, he did good. Tyrone two out RBI. He's been he was been the offense so far in this Padres series. Looks like today so far we're gonna need him again. Um, we had no home runs today, but Taylor had the two RBIs. Um, it just sucks that we lost this game and how we lost it. I really, 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 really hate that tenth inning rule. Like we're gonna play nine innings th- like the correct way, and then just because we're going into an extra inning, you're gonna give them a runner on base. I understand that both teams teams get to do it, but it just. It annoys me, man. I mean, after the Brewers had a scratch and claw and come back into this game, shitty way to lose, especially against a team that you're trying to get a win against, you know? Yeah, and it's you're trying to answer the question of can the Brewers beat good teams Not is true. the big thing. Um, so that's you know, yeah. trying to find the answer to that and then losing one in extra innings. That Thankfully, that extra inning rule is gone next season. Um, yeah, for real. So that's, that's part of that. Um, it sucks. Um, no Josh Hader to pitch at the end of games hurts. Um, Hunter Renfro getting hurt hurts. Um, Craig Council said it's a couple week injury. Um, Hunter Renfro was put on the ten day injured list. Um, that's where, like James said, Mark Mathias was called up because he gives the Brewers the most positional versatility. Um, Mark Mathias, he can play a little bit of left field if need be. Um, and then he can play some infield positions as well. So Mark Mathias is a guy that gives the Brewers a lot of flexibility. I am happy for Mark Mathias getting back to Major League Baseball after all the injuries that he's dealt with. Um, but like Jake said, Adrian Hauser's second good start in a row. Just kind of a bummer. Couldn't get it done for him. Um, he did give up two walks. Boxberger also gave up two walks. It's a situation where you really just got to – got to rein that in. It's it's the same situation with, you know, we talked about the Bucks and turnovers. It's it's simple to say, you know, you need to stop turning the ball over. It's simple to say, um, you know, the Brewers need to stop walking, guys. Um, but it's not easy. You know, it comes down to, you know, it's freaking hard to throw a baseball 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, I can take three – three big steps and a crow hop and like i think the, the highest i've ever thrown was 80 now i'm a big guy so i have some extra you know some extra some <laughs> extra um you know centrifugal force with uh with throwing a ball but it's it's freaking hard and then to do it into a square that's this big 
And then, you know, the square is supposed to look like this, but then he gets all like, oh, okay, yeah, here, oh, let me just... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> make it make it like that. Uh, uh, uh. I, I saw an umpire scorecard this morning. Like, it's really funny to, to see the umpire scorecards on Twitter. It's a really funny account to follow. And, you know, like I said, it's supposed to be this perfect rectangle that goes from the, you know, the outsides of the plate, from the batter's knees to the letters on his jersey, and you just get this really weird squiggly line, and then you get one way over here that was called a strike. And it's like the first thing that I thought of was like, <laughs> I don't know if you if you've ever seen the TikTok thing where it's like, okay, I like it, Picasso. That's that's what the freaking strike zones look like this year. <sighs> Best I can do is like. I get a little more mass behind me than you do. <laughs> you gotta stop smoking those cigs there, guy. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes it's framing, but, like, you know, if if this is your strike zone, you get a pitch down here, and it's like, what the hell? Like, like the Brewers are good at framing pitches. Um, I did think today in the second inning, Ashby missed or got a call that was missed, but um, yes, Isaac, some umps are worse, but God, some of the umps this year have made me like, sign me up for robotic umps. Like, I'm here for it. No. Some of them have been terrible. Um, <laughs> and it, it sucks because it's not something that you can uh, level the playing field on either. Um, yeah. The umpire scorecards thing, they usually give a, an evaluation. Um, I don't know how exactly it's calculated, but they, they calculate, you know, what the, you know, the potential effect is of the umpiring is, um, you know, it's, it's something like Jake and I don't like to complain about officiating because we believe that our team should be good enough to overcome something like that. But it, it's freaking annoying sometimes. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. And every, and every, there's fans for every team that complain about officiating. Oh, right. And it is what it is. So we're not the only ones. Right. And like I said, Jake and I, we, we hold the belief that, you know, if your team is good enough, you should be able to overcome things like that. Same with injuries. Like, Jake and I don't say, you know, the Brewers only lost because the guys are injured or the Bucks only lost to the Celtics because of Chris Middleton. Like, we understand that Chris Middleton would have helped the Bucks in that series, but we're not saying they lost because they didn't have him. It's a different situation. There's two, two different perspectives. But, um, like I said, we believe that good teams should be able to overcome things like that. I mean, we did um, not shoot like seven percent on open threes. That right. would probably like that. helped. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Um, Brewers left ten men on base, seven of them in scoring position on Monday. Yikes, bro! Yikes! Seven, seven stranded in scoring position. Uh, that is rough. I'm gonna say on my step. Son says, "Can we get a rip in the chat, please?" <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. He says it all day. <laughs> says it all day. I just think about what he says all day. Injuries happen, hence why we need depth. I agree. We win a five if Chris plays. I mean, if Chris Middleton played, He's, I do believe this know. series would have been way different. But yeah. a lot of things would have changed. People are getting different types of shots. Chris is going to defend one of either Brown or Tatum, and he's a bigger guy, so he can affect them differently. Like, There's a lot of things that happen. Oh, but there's, the yeah, way the know. refs were, dude, yeah, you, you don't know. Chris could have gotten a lot of foul trouble, man. Mm -hmm. And the thing of it is, too, like I've I've said this to to Nets fans from last year that are still like, oh, if, if Kevin Durant had smaller toes, the Nets would have been in the finals last year. It's like, okay, but he didn't. Or the same people that say, you know, if Kyrie and Harden were healthy, the Nets would have beat the Bucks in four. 
like you got to fe- like that you can't just change one variable and think all of the rest of them stay the same it, it, it's so like, like the, people, <laughs> the people are like if you score more points you'll win the game whoa <laughs> oh no freaking shit dude come sir. come on <laughs> so like i get Jesus that adding, adding middleton you, you ever like the Buc- second best player would have made a big difference but you know like i said yeah. this to to Nets fans last year, you know, guys would have been playing. That cuts into Kevin Durant's production. There's only one ball is the thing. So yeah. having Chris Middleton back on the Bucks, it, it would have cut into some of Giannis's stuff. Like, yes, it could have had, you know, a, a different effect. You know, if Giannis might not have been as tired. And we can we can go back and play the if game. Unfortunately, the fact is we didn't have Middleton. Um, so, you know, it's it is what it is. You just got to basically regroup and and try again next year and and see what we can do. I really personally thought the Bucks still had enough, you know, coming off of right. that Bulls series. It is what it is. But Scott, the way that I'm going to look at it, um, because you're talking about can't use it as an excuse, and I agree, and I'm not just trying to target you, but nope. what if the Bucks just go on and win the next two after this, and then we do a three out of four? Are we going to sit here and be like, well, if we would have Middleton, we'd have four in a row? No, I'm going to be like, no, we got three out of four. <laughs> Dude, we just won three titles in for freaking like that is crazy, crazy, bro. Ah, people just text me about some BS. Get out of here. Anyways, okay, so we're gonna go to second game of the series. Um, thankfully, the Brewers before the end of you know today's game ends, we'll see what happens <laughs> with today's game. But um, got a little bit of good news to end on with this one. Um, kind of a little bit of a shaky start. Um. This was the first game that Corbin Burns has given up a run before the third inning. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, got a you know came on a double play. Um, all three. This is this is the annoying part of this. This is where like like baseball can be a really beautiful game sometimes, but baseball can also be like like a kick in the dick. Like the first yeah, three yeah. hits that Corbin Burns gave up. All of them, the exit velocity was 66 miles an hour or lower. Dude. Oh, that just sucks. You you can ask my dad this. I used to complain all the time. We'd be watching the Brewers or listening to the Brewers. And those little hits where it's like seems like it's off the end of the bat. And it just makes it out of the infield. And just over the second base, it's like, how pissed are you? You have to be as a pitcher, like, dude, I threw a perfect pin. You just hit with the one little tiny part of the mm-hmm. baseball bat. Like, come on. Those are the hits that piss me off. The, like, oh the ones gosh. that, like, that like bounce, like, right in front of the plate and, like, bounce over the pitcher's head and then just, like, roll yeah. right past second base yeah, in between man. the second baseman and shortstop. It's like, Ugh. Yeah, those those are the freaking worst, dude. Baseball's a weird sport, man. A lot of shit can happen. The ball bounces weird and stuff, like. I think yeah, I think it was last night. One kind of bounced weird to uh, Wong, and he was moving to his right, and it just it just bounced weird. I think he just wasn't expecting it to come as high. It was just reaction, and it it's like Colton Wong is like really smooth with the glove. So like when he looks like that, I'm like, yeah, that took a weird bounce, man. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah, Matt said it. Yeah. Oh yeah, he just talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That when I saw that last night, I was like, dude, there's no way Wong messed that up that bad, dude. I trust him on defense. Seriously. <laughs> Um, so it's kind of a weird, kind of a weird game for Corbin Burns. Um, yeah, the bunt, they let go out and give up a home run on the next pitch. Yeah, that was annoying, <laughs> but that's, God, that's, that's freaking baseball sometimes. 
Um, <laughs> so this, yep. is, this was really a really weird game for Corbin Burns. His cutter was not not the best. The cutter is his best pitch, but he threw 29 cutters. He had zero swing and misses on it, mm. which is really weird. But he threw a shit ton of change-ups, curveballs, and sliders, and dudes were just waving. Um, curveball last night for uh, for Corbin Burns, he threw 14 curveballs, mm. had five swing and misses, and three called strikes on his curveball. That's like a tertiary pitch for him. That's like probably his third best pitch. Um, and he was throwing change-ups too. Um, you got, got Jerickson and Profar. <laughs> he threw a curveball to Jerickson and Profar and had him down to a knee. He was proposing to the ball because Corbin Burns was just throwing nasty curveball. <laughs> oh, great way to great way to announce that one. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's go Bears. Let's not. Um, <laughs> we'll get there, Steve. We get it. We get. We're gonna get to. Um, we're going to get to football soon. Um, Sheboygan Sabercats play at Lakeland. That is that is cool stuff. Um, Steve's, Steve is a uh, multi-sport athlete. Um, that was probably close to a year ago now that we had Steve on the show to talk about football or baseball or football or basketball being harder. And then Steve's like, yeah, I played D1 baseball too. And it's like, well, damn, Steve. <laughs> it was – oh. It was almost a year ago because it was I was stuck in the hospital when Winter was born. Mm. It was it was it was like three days after she was born. Yeah, that was when we, yeah. Steve was on the show actually then. Okay, so back to the second game of this series. Um, yeah, Brasso, and George was on, and I couldn't make it. And I was like, yeah, I was like, dude, I'm not leaving the hospital. Yeah. Um. So back to the second game of this series. Um, Brasso. Top of the fifth inning, just demolishes a home run. Hit it like almost to the third deck in left field. Um, just Roll. just absolutely murders a home run. And then Tyrone Taylor does the same thing. Tyrone Taylor gets a ball, a 79-mile-an-hour curveball, like right at his belly button, right down the middle of the plate. Bro. And it's like the hottest dude on the team gets the biggest meatball and then just is like, yeah, okay, yeah, thanks for that, bye. And I want to give a shout-out to Yelly, man. You know, this is why I was waiting to talk about this game because he had a freaking really impressive at-bat, um, left-handed pitcher, um, and eight-pitch at-bat, worked his way back from 0-2, got it to full count, got on base, hit it opposite field. I mean, it was – dude, that ball that that next pitcher hung, I don't remember his name, but, bro, that was literally right down the middle, 79 miles per hour. Like, are you serious? I think I could have a pretty good chance of hitting that, I mean – I'm just saying, 79. I feel like I can catch 79. That's that's my fastball. <laughs> I could try to catch. I think that. Um, and that's that's no location either. That's just me like closing my eyes and throwing the ball as hard as I can. Um, so after that, we get into a situation where Hobie Milner gets the first two guys on, then gets a double play and a ground out. Great job getting out of the inning. Um. Trevor Gott comes in, gets guys on first and third with two outs. He gets Myers swinging, so he got a good recovery after the error. Um, so he picked up his defense a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Devin Williams came, comes in, gets a strikeout, a ground out, and another strikeout. And spoiler alert, I'm going to talk more about Devin Williams in a second here. 
Former Brewer Trent Grisham in this game. 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and his batting average down to 152. You want to talk about David Stern's wizardry? Yeah. This is a massive example. You asked this question two years ago, and people are going to be like, oh, my God, why did the Brewers make this trade? Trent Christian's going to be an all-star. Now you have Luis Urias and Eric Lauer, who is just dazzling. And you have Luis Urias, who I waited perfectly to bring this up to. Luis Urias has played 18 games so far before today. He has reached base in all 18 games that he's played so far. He's on base right now. I'm just checking right now. 19, yes! He's on base right now. I'm just checking. <laughs> Every time that somebody makes a comment about the game, I'm like, God damn it, I'm going to check. So about it's it. <laughs> Trent Grisham is batting 152 this year. He plays good defense, so I will give Trent Grisham that. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays better defense than, than Tyrone Taylor does, so I will give Trent Grisham that. He plays good defense. Uh, the other part of that trade was Zach Davies, who is pitching for the Diamondbacks, who just had his had a ball hit off of his shin yesterday. And is also like doing really shitty stuff, but like basically ghosting his wife. Um, I don't know if you heard about that. It's kind of a shaky story. Uh, um, I'll let I'll let people look it up on their own if they want to. But Zach Davies, the other part of that trade, didn't pan out for the Padres. Didn't play great for the Cubs, and now he's not playing great for the Diamondbacks. So I'm going to go ahead and chalk that one up to David Stern's wizardry as well. Scott, don't say sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't say sorry, Scott. I, I am thinking about the game in the back of my mind. <laughs> well, so, I want to win. I know. I know. Matt's not ready to be on board with this yet about putting Homie Milner in the same category as Trevor got. But Homie Milner was asked about it yesterday about guys um, stepping up without the regular players available. He said there's just going to be situations like that throughout the season for everybody, and the teams that win those games are the teams that end up in the playoffs. Yep. So that's that's like I said, the teams that can overcome, you know, bad officiating or bad umpires or injuries, those are the teams that win championships. So if the Brewers can overcome things like that and they can find if they can find a way to win today after, you know, a little bit of some shaky starts, having a bunch of guys on the injured list in San Diego against one of the best teams in baseball, I don't see how you can say that the Brewers aren't one of the top six or seven teams in baseball. Um, he's, he's getting there um, as far as Milner being as good as Gott. Trevor, Trevor Gott's been a revelation, I will say, so far this season. Um, oh. Here, we got first and third, baby. One out. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, oh. oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers called. Patrick Mahomes, Kermit the Frog. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that is going to be must-watch TV, I will say. Brady and Rodgers on the same team? Oh, my gosh. They're going to destroy them. And the trash talk is going to be phenomenal, I'll say. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so, looking at it, um, is there anything else you wanted to say about yesterday's game with the Padres before we move on? Um. Uh, Man, that, I just wanted to say uh, about that home run from Rousseau, dude. Holy shit. I heard that immediately when he hit it. I was like, that's gone. That is yeah. gone. And that sucker just kept going. <laughs> I was like, geez, that might come back to Wisconsin if it keeps going. Yeah. That sucker was high. And then 
Taylor, dude, I saw, he just fouled one off his foot, I believe, like a pitch or two before. I'm not, I don't remember exactly, but all of a sudden he just gets the meatball, dude, and just fucking unloads, dude. That was awesome. I was like, three-run shot, baby. I mean, that was huge. So, man, Brewers are that team, man. They can just, they're mentally tough, man. They, 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 you know, show what Wisconsin teams are. You know, the Badgers, we talk about their football team. The Packers, you know, we've given them credit for winning tough games. Like, you don't have to win pretty all the time. And yeah. baseball is definitely one of those yeah. sports where you can win ugly and it doesn't freaking matter. If you end up with 90-some wins and in the playoffs, you're going to win ugly a lot. So, I thought yesterday was a good win, but those two home runs were impressive. Brissot's was awesome, dude. I watched that one on replay like 10 times. Thought it was going into the harbor. That's awesome. Um, and that's that's generally a Petco Park is generally a pitcher's park. That's normally yeah. not not a hitter's ballpark. So to hit two monster home runs like that is good stuff. Um, oh, yes. ooh, Scott's any safe. All right. Um, so All right, just get him you know, just get him in. And like when Jake's talking about it, winning ugly. Listen, you can win a baseball game ten to zero or two to one. You could win against the Cincinnati Reds. Or the Los Angeles Dodgers. And let me tell you, this is more rocket science coming from us. They all count the exact same in the win column. Yes, you wanna see Ooh. you wanna see beating teams that are good so you can get kind of a measure of how your team's gonna perform in the playoffs. But you have to beat the teams that are on your schedule. Quite frankly, that's what it comes down to. So, you know, when people are excited that the Brewers have their best start in franchise history, and then you get people coming in going, oh, well, they're just playing, you know, AAA teams or, you know, their strength of schedule or whatever. It's like, who cares? They're still winning. So, all the, yeah, stop the Brewers yeah, offense sucks even when they win games and stop the, oh, they're just playing bad teams shit. Like, a win's a win. They count the same. Still a win. Hey, Scott, um, are they leaving you Darvish in? I see he's over 100 pitches already. I just want to know if they're leaving Darvish in. Oh, spoiler alert. Our Toledo's RBI double. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, boy. Wait, who was at first? Kutch. McCutcheon. He hit a Tell single. Me, that is damn horse. God damn, he should have scored too. Yeah, he runs pretty well yet, I think. For a dude that's 35. He just yeah. got his 200th career stolen base a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, yes, Scott, rowdy, MLB dude. team is still an MLB team. Mike Michael winning ugly is is winning um, tough games. Um, oh, nice Apple Field too. He hit it to left. To left. Nice. All right. Very nice. Uh, well, there's oh, there's Scott. What's the left field? field? Hey, that'll boy. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is fun. Jake and I. Tyrone Jake and I got a live nine. stream a game one of these days. One out. Come. Oh, we are, and we're definitely going to do it for Bucks too. Uh, for Bucks playoffs, we talked about it. No, they did not. Darvin Ham is head coach. Damn it! It was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I wish he would have got the Hornets job, honestly. Yeah, I'm not happy when the Lakers. I hate the Lakers. No offense, Isaac. Uh, fuck all LA teams. But uh, you know, Darvin Ham, I'm happy for him. I really am. He's a good coach, good guy. Um, he deserves a head coaching opportunity. He does. So. Yeah. Yep. Happy for him, man. Seriously. All right. They just, so, they, no, they pulled you. They pulled you. <laughs> I hate you, bro. Did you ever see that video of uh, that guy and that chick on Fox News? 
and he's talking about watching a documentary on the streaming service you he's like yo they did it on you and she was like what are you talking about i've never had had measles i've never talked to measles it's on the streaming service you and they literally go on for like eight minutes dude and she just doesn't get it the entire time and i'm like there's no fucking way she didn't know that it was a streaming service oh my goodness solid they were going to yeah they were good they, oh so isaac's in here just promoting fake news all right that's not cool that's man it. that's it isaac i am gonna You're pull billy, off the island i am gonna pull a billy madison at your house tomorrow night Billy Madison happening. I'm gonna pull an Amber Heard at your house and take a deuce in your bed. No, oh, you do it in the bed. I'll leave it at the front door. It's one of the flaming bags again. Don't stop it out with your boots, Ted. <laughs> Damn it! I want to watch that movie now. Oh god! All right, so we're gonna get to our power <laughs> pair. Let's start with our position player because I know we have the same one. So go ahead and start talking about Tyrone Taylor. Oh my god, Tyrone Taylor! What is there to say? All right, let me flip over. Say everything. I have three pages this week. You have um, three pages about Tyrone Taylor? Well, I'm impressed. No, 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 no three pages. <laughs> no, it's this week. So we're doing our part right now. You want everything out right now? Okay, Tyrone Taylor was really, really impressive this week. Um, he was 6 of 15 for total. That's 400 batting average. So in baseball terms, that's like really, really freaking good. Uh, nine RBIs, three home runs. He scored three runs as well, all of them on the home runs. And he only struck out one freaking time that is the most impressive part to me 15 at bats and he only struck out one time three homers he had a couple moonshots nine rbis so tyrone taylor was earned every bit of playing time this week and i saw a lot of people complaining you know uh uh saying that he needed to play over kane not as good on, which is very true because kane is kane's kind of turned into the jackie bradley jr in a sense if we yeah. really think about it where his bat isn't very good but he plays really good defense um but yeah, Tyron Taylor definitely earned it. His bat is on fire this week, yep. and he and he's been the offense in this Padres series. I think he had, he he had five RBIs in our first in, from the first two games. He had five RBIs, and we scored six total runs. So that's yep, impressive. that is accurate. It's impressive, man. I went back a day farther, even, and we talked about last Wednesday's game on last Wednesday's show. But I yep. added in those stats too. So in the last week, Tyron Taylor was eight for twenty with go. three home runs a double, 10 RBI, and only two strikeouts. So the last, what was that, six games to strike mm-hmm. out twice total? That's awesome. And so multiple this, home runs, dude. So, I mean, he's seen the ball well. Absolutely. So we we have about a one-week sample size compared to about the first month and a half-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see those sample sizes even out more. So I'm, I'm not here to, to put a full stop, but I just want to pump the brakes on Tyrone Taylor just a little bit. Um, because, oh, sack fly. All right. Um, just because a the, baby. the sample size is still larger for the slow start to the season to, um, to the last week where Tyrone Taylor has been an absolute monster. Um, so I just want to see that sample size get a little bit bigger, see him keep stringing these hits together. And then, yeah, I don't see why there's a reason outside of defense to not play Tyrone Taylor over Lorenzo Kane, but He's got to keep seeing that consistency. And like I said, Lorenzo Cain is still going to get into it um, just to play good defense because that's he does still have a leg up on Tyrone Taylor on that. Um, yeah, the dead ball. I agree. Uh, yeah, God, I, I hate I, the dead I ball. The Brewers, that. today's game, the, like the he first flew two, out to... the two 
two of the first three batters in the first inning both hit like rocket shots that didn't make the didn't make the fence. Obviously, they didn't get hit out, but it sucks. Freaking sucks. I did like that a couple weeks ago. I think it was a few weeks ago. Um, Tim Dillard called out the dead ball on Bally Sports, but um, you know, it's depth is being tested here now. You know, Tyrone Taylor might get some days in in right field, and Lorenzo Cain playing center field. Um, basically, all hands on deck right now. Mark Mathias maybe will will get a, a start in right field. <laughs> um, Cubs will just blame the wind, dude. Freaking Cubs, just put a damn roof on your stadium. God, I don't care that Wrigley Field is a hundred years old. Stop doing stuff the same way just because you've always done it that way. Put a freaking roof on your stadium. There's, a, I mean, baseball, you need clean weather. You know, it's not like football where you right. don't need clean weather to play. Right. You know, you need you need good weather to play baseball. You know, you can't have it fucking wet. Rain, so put yeah. a goddamn <laughs> roof. And it, like you've said a hundred times, it doesn't have to be a permanent roof. We built yeah. our damn stadium in 2001. Awesome. Yeah, it's badass, dude. It looks cool on the highway. So Yeah, it does. Fucking Cubs, idiots. Yelich left. Yeah, I mean, you can do Yelich, Kane, Taylor, and have McCutcheon uh, yep, yep, DHing. Yep. Okay, I see those now. Yeah, Kane's Taylor, right? Um, yeah. So, do we have the same pitcher? I knew we had the same position player. Do we have the same pitcher? Uh, really feel no, we don't, but you've talked about my pitcher a lot. You've talked about my pitcher a ton. I sure? want you to go first. Yeah, I want you to go first. You go first. My pitcher is Devin Williams. Nope, not the same. Oh, all right, sweet. Mine is Devin Williams. So going back a little bit farther than just the last week, Devin Williams now, after yesterday, has six straight – that would pollute Lake Michigan. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> six straight scoreless appearances for Devin Williams. Out of 18 total outs in those six appearances, they were all one-inning appearances – Three outs per inning, 18 potential outs, mm-hmm. 14 strikeouts. Yeah, he's that, dominating right now. That is nasty. Yep. You, you want to talk about stepping up for one of the best relievers in baseball? Why don't you toss out another one of the guys who could potentially be one of the best relievers in baseball? Yep. Um, Devin Williams, he's been just great his last six outings um in those six outings only three hits zero walks oh boy this is like i put this out um like a couple weeks into the season um and i and i put devin williams sample sizes next to each other of all whole body of work that he's had in his career up until the first i think it was i don't know like like nine innings that he threw in this season and people were willing to, and Scott, I'm going to kind of throw you under the bus a little bit, but people were willing to use that teeny tiny little sample size. All right, well, too late. You didn't say you were To use too that late. teeny tiny sample size compared to the school bus sized sample of what he's done to this point. And it's like, listen, you're comparing, you know, an M&M to a basketball and saying they hold the same weight. They don't. You you gotta you gotta give a little bit of time for these things to to figure out to see if what is happening in this small like this small sample, or is it just a slump? Is it part of the ebbs and flows of the game of sports? We talked about this last week with the Bucks. 
you know, a team can shoot 35% on average, but it means sometimes they're going to shoot 15 and sometimes they're going to shoot 55. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works. I mean, sometimes Devin Williams is going to have six straight scoreless appearances where he strikes out 14 out of 18 batters. Sometimes he's going to have a game where he gives up a couple runs because he's walking batters and he gets into a little bit of trouble. Ooh, uh-oh. Um, so Brewers on the verge of a big inning right now. Let's go. Oh, Lorenzo Cain. That would be a big on, spot Lorenzo. for him to get a Come hit. on. Um, Come on, Lorenzo. So, he needs one, man. Yeah, he's due. He's due. Um, so Devin Williams was my power pair pitcher. All right, man. And I know people have been kind of down him a little bit. I, I put Hobie Milner, man. No, attaboy. I put Hobie Milner. You know, I was talking about him a couple weeks ago. Uh, I feel like you you literally beautifully put out my thoughts where nobody thought he'd be in the position he is, being used where he is. But I think I think he's been he's been great, man. He really pleasant time. Two and a third innings pitched, four hits, no earned runs, no walks, two strikeouts. What more can you ask from a guy, you know, honestly? I mean, Milner's just – he's done his job. Plain and simple, he comes in, he does his job. thats And that's all I'm asking for. I wanted to give him a little bit of love because I feel like he doesn't get enough love. And he's been pretty damn consistent, man. I'm, I am I felt – I was scared to say the Holby Milner today because I didn't know how you are going to feel. But I know that you're, you're a pretty like smart it. guy. You're a pretty smart guy, so you know your shit. So <laughs> I, I'm happy that you agreed with it, man. <laughs> um, Scott, I wouldn't be opposed to putting Eric Lauer in there. Um, I've, I've already used Lauer, though, so I wanted to yeah, get a little different. Yeah, we want to, we want to spread the love a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, the, the thing with the Brewers is sometimes it's going to be hard to find a positional player to put into a power pair because you might have a week where you go with some, some rough offense where you have one guy has one good game. Another guy has one good game, and another guy has one good game, but nobody has a great week. But on the flip side, sometimes it's going to be really, really tough to pick just one pitcher to single out because the Brewers have some very good pitching. Yeah, Matt, yeah. perfect example, Perdomo, in the game the Brewers lost, he pitched three innings that didn't give up any runs. They only gave up three hits. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the Brewers pitching is – basically the opposite of what the hitting is where it's like you can you can count on it you know it's going to be there in the toughest situations and then you look at the hitting and sometimes it's going to be hard to to find the lot you know find the find the bright spots um so you know spreading the love giving everybody some credit that's what we want to do so um is there anything else that you wanted to say about the brewers perfect No, um, I knew we were both going to uh, pick Tyrone Taylor. There was nobody else. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But the pitchers, you know, the pitchers are always the more interesting ones. I think. I think the pitchers are tougher. At least it's I have. Definitely harder. Time. It's definitely harder to pick the because pitchers. you know when you're looking at relievers, you're like, man, this guy's just come in. He's had three appearances this week, has zero walks, zero earned runs, and he's just fanning people left and right. But then, unless we have like a really dominant outing from a a starter, I mean. And Lauer had a really good outing, man. 83 pitches to get through seven innings is fucking yeah, impressive. I don't care what awesome. you're um, you, We could have used him very easily. I don't think that would have been a bad choice. But like I said, I feel like giving love to – rock. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. They do. They do all I rock. Agree. I agree. Ah, no, he got out. How did he get out? Did he strike out? Did he ground out? I didn't see. Shit. Struck out. struck out, though. Ah, damn it. All right, well. That took a little wind out of my side. Right, anyway, hey, let's, let's, I'm just going to put this out there right now. 
We got the lead. We got the lead. The, 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 the cards. Cards sweep this weekend. Eh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Brewers do start oh, a four-game series with the Cardinals after today. Um, I'm going to say this about Lorenzo Cain. Listen, listen very right now, clearly. The Brewers are not going to DFA Lorenzo Cain. He's making $18 million. They're not yeah. just going to be like, eh, well, he's not having a great year, so bye. Yeah, for real. They're not going to do that with Lorenzo Cain. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, just like the Bucks are not trading Chris Middleton for Damian Lillard. It's going to happen. going to happen. Please stop saying it. It's, oh, God. I don't want to start that, but, dude, I'm so sick and tired of seeing people share it. Like, dude, how did you not see that two and a half weeks ago? <laughs> Seriously, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I I agree, yeah. Scott. He's he's solid depth. I mean, he's been in every situation you could be in in baseball, at bats, defensive-wise. Why would you He's a good clubhouse guy? guy, too. Yeah, 100%, dude. Uh, he's always smiling. As far as the Lillard thing is concerned, oh my god, I saw somebody say trade Middleton, Wara, and two first round picks for Lillard. I'm like, what the hell? Bro. <laughs> what? Uh, some people, man, I don't know what, what they'd be getting in their Gatorade, but it'd be making them talk silly. Bro. Oh That's my god, say. dude. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. That's that's the thing is Lillard wouldn't make the Bucks better. That's a lateral move, no matter who you trade for him. Whether you trade Drew for him, you get worse on defense and basically the same on offense. Like, sure, you can get a guy who you you classify as clutch, but you know usage is a thing. Um, Who's Scott, bro? He's going into there. <laughs> Scott's going into there. Yeesh. And and trading Middleton, all it does is make you smaller. Worse on defense and less efficient. Like, yeah, yeah, Middleton we, had a down year, but it doesn't mean we need to trade him for Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. Yeah, we, we saw what happened when the Bucks were small. People just shot over us. And, you know, you want to talk about positional position versatility. Good. You need to have a guy who's <laughs> six foot seven with a six foot like 10 wingspan that can guard perimeter players. Right. You know, people think Middleton's not a good defender. He's an okay defender. He's not a bad defender. If nothing else, he has size. Exactly. <laughs> At the end of the day, seriously. That's that's um, all we needed. Okay, so now that we had that detour that I wasn't planning on because it's stupid, um, <laughs> like Scott said. Um, so Brewers starting a four-game series in St. Louis. And then this is – I have my eyes laser-focused on this. Not that I'm looking past the Cardinals because obviously I'm going to still try to watch those games but I'm really, really, really keeping a close eye on that Cubs series because they have a doubleheader on Monday. Uh-huh. That That is the day that I'm looking for Ethan Small. So uh-huh. I know Matt said something about Ethan Small. I know so many people are saying, when's Ethan Small coming? When's Ethan Small coming? Oh, Freddie Peralta's hurt. When's Ethan Small coming? When's Ethan Small coming? This, this Monday, that's the day that I'm looking at for Ethan Small. The doubleheader on Monday, that is the date I'm looking at. I could see it. I could see it. If you mix everything together, a bad team, a doubleheader, a hurt hurt starter. Yeah, I see it. I games see it. in 17 days. I see it. 
That's that's brilliant. If it happens, dude, oh my god, you better put your crown on, dude, and parade around the house. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> um, it's now listen. I would love to see Ethan Small called up for a spot start on Monday, but I think it's equally possible that they put Brent Suter out there and ask him to pitch three or four innings. Mm, I can see that too. So I think that's possible. I would much rather see Ethan Small, even if it's like, all right, we're calling you up for one start and we're sending you back down. I'm here for it. Uh, who do we send down? You probably send Matthias down for a day. Um, yeah. Or you could send down Miguel Sanchez. Um, yeah, Matthias and Miguel Sanchez would probably be my first two that I would suggest. Maybe Trevor Kelly, but personally, I think Trevor Kelly is better than Miguel Sanchez. So, um, Miguel Sanchez or Mark Mathias would be would be the two that I look at. Agreed. All right. So the last thing that Jake and I wanted to do today is we want to talk about a couple baseball stats. We're not going to get super duper in depth, but we just want to put these three statistics out there um, because I've if I if I hear one more person brag or dog somebody because of their batting average but then not know anything about like what a slugging percentage or wins above replacement or what OPS means. Like I'm going to have a stroke because like, yes, batting average tells you <laughs> how many hits guys get, but listen, batting average treats a single and a home run as worth the same thing. And one of the things that weighted runs created plus is, which is that WRC plus, Weighted runs created plus gives you a benchmark, a weighted, um, a weighted statistic where 100 is the average, uh, 80 is below average, 115 uh, to 140 is above average, between 140 and 160 is great, and 160 plus is excellent. Um, it takes into account the ballpark you play in, the era that you play in, so the dead ball era of what, 19, 19, whatever, but um, <clears throat> almost a sports center double play. I feel like we're missing all the highlights. We we got to leave live stream a game. We got to do that. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to check out. I saw it. I saw it. He hit, hit it right up the middle. So um, factors in the ballparks that you play in. So this is where you can kind of start to get a sense of how, um, how valuable a guy is as far as run creation is concerned. I know Jake pulled up a bunch of the Brewers weighted runs created um, rankings. So I'll let Jake kind of yeah. push those out. So what I did to kind of average it out so you can tell, I wrote down their ranking in the league, and then I wrote down what their number is, uh, what they're, they're currently at for weighted runs created. Um, so first, and I know some of these guys don't have a lot of at-bats, but it, I took into account – at bats as well. Um, I put stars next to the guys that have more at bats, but the top six. Um, I went to number six because I had this guy on this. Um, number one was Bruce. he's 42nd in the majors at 157. Um, Luis Arias is 82nd at 135. Rowdy Teles is 103rd at 130. He's one of the stars because he's had a lot of at bats. Uh, Hunter Renfro is 123. And the thing about these rankings, you say 123, but they're tied with like eight 
people mm-hmm. or, or six people or yeah. four people or ten people. So you know, for really, they're they're less than two months into the season. They're right. Guys right. haven't had a chance to separate as much yet. So they're one. He's at one twenty-two. <clears throat> Kesson here is at one twenty. He's one twenty-seven. Um, and Willie Adamas is at one fifteen. He's currently ranked tied for one forty-ninth. Um, to put that against some of the big boys, uh, Mike Trout is second at two twenty-three. Aaron Judge is 210. He's third. And Ty- Taylor Ward is 244. So he's first in the majors. So some guys just get off the hot starts, like Aaron Judge and Mike Trout. I mean, those guys are all so very, very good players. But they got some crazy numbers out there. Um, I was like reading so much stuff about this stat, trying to like fully understand everything. And I feel like I read so much stuff that I just confused myself. <laughs> Seriously. I just read like six articles and I'm like, why am I not understanding this? Maybe I'm reading too many things. I'm reading too many opinions. I don't know what's happening. That's that's why we just wanted to kind of give like a really brief, a really uh-huh. brief, you know, synopsis of what these three statistics are because I think they can be really telling statistics. Yeah, um, of course, uh, Isaac's still watching while we're talking about the Angels. Trout um, is a stud, dude. No way. <laughs> he is. Um, <laughs> if he stays healthy, he's got like all-time great potential. Um, Shocker, he's on all three of these stats in the top three. Shocking. Um, so the second one we want to talk about is war. Um, this one's starting to get a little more popular. Um, you still don't see it listed on a guy. Um, you know, when a guy comes up to bat, it still shows you his triple slash line of batting average, um, on base percentage and slugging. Um, mm-hmm. slugging is a little bit better than batting average because it takes into account that, um, you know, more bases are worth more than singles. Um, but wins above replacement, this is this is a really intricate stat. It takes a lot into account, and it suggests what a player's value is above a replacement player, either from their own organization or free agency. This isn't wins above a league average player. This is wins above a replacement player. So it takes into account basically every aspect of the game as far as a hitter is concerned. It could be um, batting, base running, fielding what position they play if they're in the National League or the American League. Um, and then it's um, taken into account um, with the runs provided by that potential replacement player. Mm-hmm. Um, pitching, it's calculated a little bit differently, but that it's a stat that tells you the win, you know, the value of a player above what it would be if, if they, say, tore an ACL or something like that. You know, what you could expect to lose from that player. That's that's a great way to put it. And war can kind of be – they start they use that in basketball a little bit too. They use this stat in basketball a little bit, wins above replacement. Um, but, yeah, th- this one, uh, the, the guy who's in first place is a douchebag. I'm just going to say that out loud. Uh, Manny Machado, he's at 3.2. Hey, Manny Machado can be a douchebag, but we still don't wish that he would break his collarbone. Yeah, he's he's a good player, man. Straight up, he just acts like a douche. It's okay. (laughs) Um, Number two is Mike Trout, three point oh. Number three was Tommy. uh, Who's the who's the uh, Cardinals fan in here? I forgot who it is. That's Mike. Mike's the Cardinals fan. Oh, oh, Mike, you're gonna like this. Uh, Your second baseman, Tommy Edmond, is third at two point seven. So, hey, at WAR is a good stat. I like WAR. I like WAR. I'm going to keep doing research on all these other advanced stats because I'm an analytics guy too. Uh, if there's a way to break down everything, I mean, and there's, hey, Scott's comment, that's how a lot of people feel about Aaron Rodgers. 
Rodgers, and that's okay because he's my quarterback. I don't give a shit. <laughs> he is kind of an asshole. He's kind of a douchebag, but he throws touchdowns for the green and gold. So it is what it is. And you um, can separate those things. When, you can separate on field and off field. I mean, I definitely can. I don't know if everybody else has that ability. I'm, but, I'm telling people you have the ability. It's just up to you if you want to exercise it. True. The top three Brewers, see, they had pitchers in all these rankings too. Yep. So when I was breaking it down, the top three Brewers actually ended up being four because two Brewers were tied for, for the same position at third. Corbin Burns was the top Brewer, tied for 30th at 1.7 wins above replacement. Second was Eric Lauer. I was like, like what? Eric Lauer, dude? At 1.2, tied for 76th. And then Hunter Renfro and Willie Adamas are at 1.1. They're tied for 91st. So they are, they're obviously valuable players. The Brewers you know, are in, in the discussion for you know, talented players all over the field. Um, I would love I – I need to go back because I wanted to. I didn't get time. But I wanted to see where uh, Yelly was during his MVP season. I wanted to see what his numbers were because he was insane. He was, yeah. He was nuts in 2018 and 2019. Um, I don't think I would the put Rodgers on the, the douchebag. You mean douchebaggery? Douchebaggery, yeah. he says. Um, looks like I would, an O. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would put Manny Machado in the same category that I would put on Dominic and Sue in. That's, that's a good discussion. Bigot, top five douchebags in sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good discussion. Oh, shit. That sounds like something Skip Bayless would just put on his regular show. Skip Bayless might be not one. He's the number one douchebag in sports. That's, that's a there. very Everybody strong in the comments will agree. Scott, we want to see Robin Yount, too. We want to see Robin Yount on the show with us. That's what we want to see. Ooh. Dirty players. I don't know. Like, you know... That might be a, a potential bonus episode, um, and maybe that's something where we discuss, you know, why we talk about certain things the way that we do, like like people being uh, <laughs> cheering for injuries and stuff. Um, yeah, Skip would just name guys he doesn't like. Yeah, that's pretty much how that would go. Um, <laughs> Did you, you ever see that episode where there was like a bonus episode thing, like a reel? And Skip was talking with his wife. Oh, his wife called him on so much shit. That was so funny. I was like, the one person that put Skip in his place, he married. Poor guy. <laughs> um, Scott, I'm looking for my... Here, here it is. I have my mini notebook right here. Um, we do have it. I have it written on here for a bonus bad episode or a bonus episode on bad commentators. So we do have that to rank shitty sportscasters. We do have that on the list. So if people want to see that one, maybe we can vote that one up and maybe that can be the bonus episode for June. I like that. I like that. Should we, should we do that? You want to make that the, the Let's June? Let's do it. We talk about it so much and I hate Skip Bayless. So any opportunity I can get to talk for five minutes about how much I hate that guy. Let's do it. Straight sold. up. You got me sold. I am in. Um, I want to talk to Tyler at Wisco ball. Cause I have an idea for a Skip Bayless t-shirt. So I will, uh, I will talk to him. If we could, uh, if we could maybe coordinate that, that would be awesome. Skip Sayless. <laughs> that's a, that's good. Skip Sayless. <laughs> uh, I wish I wish you'd say less. All right, and the last at the Jake and I want to talk about is OPS. This is on base percentage plus slugging. So, like I said, um, slugging it takes into account that a home run is worth four bases, whereas a single is worth one. Um, yeah. You know, 
home runs can be worth more if they have guys on base. Um, obviously, it takes into account as well on base percentage, um, which obviously if guys are drawing walks, you know, a guy can have a 200 average, but also draw 10 walks, you know, out of, you know, 10 at bats. So, you know, you can use, you can use those things to measure in um, versus just looking strictly at batting average. Um, so it's a, it's a decent way to have, to measure how good a hitter is at the plate while also factoring in their plate discipline. Um, then you get into the plus again. So if you do OPS plus, it factors in, um, the ballpark factors again. Um, and it gives you a number based on, um, the league average OPS. So for OPS plus, it would be OPS divided by the league average OPS, um, which is where the ballpark factor comes in, and then it's times 100. Um, and, yes, Matt, I don't, I don't watch many sports shows either. Um, they're there to just argue. Um, talking down teams of players is part of it. Uh, they're going to spend 90% of their time talking about New York and L.A., and the other 10% just arguing to get you to click on shit. That's straight up. That's what it is. That's what a lot of sports media is. And I, with, like it, I will say, um, it's, I don't I'm not going to say all of it. Cause I'm not going to, you know, I don't believe that all of sports media is bad, obviously. Cause Jake and I are, are part of it now. Um, yeah. but with, with our show, with our page, with the Wisco confidential blog that we're starting with Simon and Bryant, we are not going to just put stuff out there to get you to click on it. You know, we, you know, the blog that we're doing, we're not getting paid for it. Uh, so, you know, it's not like other sports sites that you might see out there that just going to put a title on there to get you to click on it. Even if it's a stupid ass article, like trading Aaron Jones for, for Terry McLaurin. Like that's obviously not happening, but people will put that out there just to get you to click on it. Cause they get paid. If a thousand people click on it, they get a dollar. Yeah. So that's not the type of content that Jake and I want to put out. We want to put out stuff that actually is interesting to people, uh, that people can actually take something away from and say, all right, that's an interesting thought. Oh, that's a cool stat. Um, this hey, show James. that we watch is entertaining. Um, hey, James. Because of <laughs> See you. Um, <laughs> you ain't never lied, man. Um, but, but, uh, you know, or like if you, if you want to come to, to Jake and I to watch our show to get a more positive outlook on the Wisconsin sports teams, or if you just like watching Jake and I, cause we make you laugh once in a while. Or if you like that, that Jake and I include people in the, in the discussions. Um, <laughs> oh. oh, that's funny. <laughs> but. For you know whatever the reason is that you guys come to watch Jake and I, we really appreciate it. It's awesome. Oh. I can't I can't say that when we started this show in what I, the end of September of 2020, that a year and a half later we'd be having hundreds of comments on people watching this entire two hour show with us every single Wednesday, and still wanting more. Um, it's it's, it's awesome for Jake and I. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel like what we're doing is appreciated by people. Like, we appreciate it. Scott saying it, that he likes that he feels included. That's that's the that's the contribution that Jake and I are trying to make. Yeah, you know, 
like I said at the beginning of the show when we had the hard discussion, that's that's where we ask, you know, what can we do? We want to include people. We want to add value to people's lives, even if it's through talking about Wisconsin sports. Agreed, man. Thank you, Isaac. Appreciate you, man. You're a real one, man, for real. <sighs> All right, man. You got anything else you want to say? Um, wait, did we talk about OPS? Did I, get I did. Ranking? You can talk about OPS if you want. Oh, okay. I didn't okay. mean to cut you off. I'm not even a Wisconsin sport fan, and you guys are awesome, but you're also good friends. Hey, man, James, I'll be down, dude. We'll go get some, we'll go get some barbecue. You know, I, I love, I love me some wings. I love me some pizza. I mean, truthfully, I like food because I'm just a big guy and I like eating food, but we can go do that. I'm not a big drinker, so we don't have to drink beer, but be awesome, man. I've Scott, I, Michael, I lived in Wisconsin my entire life and I still don't like beer. So yeah, same here. It's not, it's just not my thing. Hey man, anybody want to meet up? You know, you guys can come meet my family. I don't give a shit. Kick it, man. Come to Sheboygan, make it easier for Tyler. I don't care. I've been at Sheboygan. Um, used to live there. Um, OPS. I just wanted to give a little, little shout out to some of the top three brewers. Um, so the top three in the majors right now, Mike Trout, shocker. Wow, he's on the list again. At one point. One two nine. The guy's gonna guess higher, so all right. He he's great. Um, Aaron Judge is second <laughs> at one point zero seven eight, and Manny Machado is third at one point zero four two. By the end of the year, I'm assuming Manny Machado will be much lower on this list. Um, to annoy you all, I looked up the teams because I knew who was gonna be first. I just assumed it. Um, the Dodgers are first at uh, seven point seven five six. Uh, the Brewers are actually ninth. I, I was. Surprised how high they were. They're at seven to one, so they're top ten. Um, the Brewers top three with their rankings. Rowdy Teles was Rowdy Teles was twenty sixth um, at eight thirty four. Uh, Hunter Renfro was thirty sixth at eight oh six, and Willie Adams was fifty eighth at seven sixty six. So, if the Brewers, you know, can get through these injuries problems right now and can continue to get healthier and everybody you know put our starting lineup out there i feel like these numbers will raise up and the brewers offense will really start taking off i like the crew that we have together no pun intended but i think uh i think the team that we put together has been a good one you said it, it really isn't cold in june or july but you are down in in nashville i believe correct so hey james listen the the packers and the saints are are playing in the preseason week two. That would be a good time. That'd be perfect. And they're doing that joint practice, and I was just asking Tyler if we can go yeah. watch that. So uh, I'm going to find out if we can watch it. And then if we can, man, James, that'd be awesome, man. You get to see the Saints. That'd be perfect. Uh, we can meet up. Me and Tyler can use an excuse with girlfriend and wife to go watch the Packers practice for notes for the show. So we'll figure this out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Matt said he'd join on Wednesdays more often if uh, COVID cut down his co- his commitments. Matt, how do you feel about uh, Friday nights? Because we uh, we're we're talking about doing some stuff on Friday nights when Packer season rolls around here, dude. I, um, Isaac, when you're born in this weather, bro, you just you just deal with it, man. I wear shorts. I still around. hate it, but I live here. So. Yeah, I, I hate it too. You think I like enjoy going outside when it's negative fifteen? I feel like my skin is freezing off my face. I hate that. It sucks. But I'm just like, I choose to live here. Um, and we don't have mudslides. We don't have, you know, we don't have forest fires. Like, we don't deal a lot of shit. Like poisonous just, snakes just, and spiders. It just gets cold. And you know what? I could put another layer on it. I'll be fine. 
I'll be yeah. fine. My electric bill sucks in the winter, but <laughs> I would much rather be sweating than freezing. But that's a different oh, discussion. 100%. 100%. That is not even a discussion. Uh, I could live naked, so that's that's a whole weird discussion we can get into if you want. I know to, but... I know a lot about you, but I don't need to discuss that any further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't um, have none of that, man. I need a jacket. On the, on the discussion of Fridays, um, Jake and I are planning on for Packers <laughs> season doing Packers shows exclusively on Friday nights. Yeah. Um, keeping our regular Wisco Fanatics Wednesday shows for the Bucks, the Brewers, the Badgers, and when Packers season rolls around, doing Packers shows on Friday nights so that we can give as much time as people are interested in listening to us talk. Yeah, man, and party, baby. Let's do this. And, you know, converse with each other about it um, on Friday nights. So um, during Packers season, that's what we're uh, that's what we're thinking about doing. So stay tuned on that as we get closer to Packers season. So um, Scott, I have this. I have that same problem, man. My girlfriend literally made rules when I got this Pepsi job. She's like, you can only talk to women if they're over the age of 45, if they're fat, or if their face is really <laughs> ugly. I'm like, I can't choose in five <laughs> seconds if somebody asks me for a certain soda. <laughs> I can't determine all three of those, okay? I don't know how old they are. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know. Jake's out here checking IDs like, nope, sorry. I know your Jake's birthday's tomorrow, but I can't help you. She's the rock that holds us all together. Just, yep, sorry. You are you are 44. I am not allowed you're, to talk to you. You're going to have to come back tomorrow on your birthday. Then I can help you. Devontae Wyatt. Let's go, baby. Hey, that was a great call by Isaac. Seriously. Yeah. All right. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we're going to... We're gonna go catch some of this Brewers game, man. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what exactly what I'm gonna do as soon as we turn this off. So yes, sir. Is there anything else that you want to put out there? No, man. Um, I had fun. Thank you for stuck around. Uh, look forward to next week. Uh, might have might have a exciting episode next week. I'm just gonna say that. But uh, cliffhanger. Uh, my girlfriend just called me an asshole from upstairs. <laughs> uh. She she must not have heard the part where I said that she's awesome and I love her because because. Because that that is how that is how women work. They hear they hear the one part of the whole conversation that they don't like, and they're just like, "I'm sticking with that part." Did she like? Has she been watching the show the whole time, and she like paused it and was like thirty seconds behind, and then no, just no. heard the part where you're making fun of her. She must be oh, feeding man. my daughter right now in the kitchen. The kitchen's right up the stairs from the basement. So she must have heard that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh, i'm gonna I, go get yelled at i'm gonna watch I, the rest of the brewery yeah. she's gonna she's gonna go pinch me and then i'm gonna fight her to turn on the brewers but later y'all remember level up in life all right and be nice to each other yes see you later my man see you guys this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.